Hello and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. That's new year-round now. That's right. So we will be shifting our conversation from last year through New Year's and on to winter this time. So this is Randy Moon and I I will be talking about the winter season. This is Cole Moon and I'll be talking about New Year's in Russia. This is Sydney Moon, and I will be talking about Japanese New Year, Part 2. And this is Beth, and I will be talking about winter decorating. Okay, so our first segment is holiday happenings. So we had several holiday happenings last week, because for us, as we're recording this, last week was the Christmas celebration week, Christmas Day, as well as uh, taking trips to Pennsylvania to see different parts of our family. Yep. I ended up getting there a little late because I had to work the day that the three of you were leaving. Right. We started off on mom's side of the family, which is sort of in rural central Pennsylvania. So that was a lot of windy back roads for me to get there at least. Yes. Yeah, and it was roads very, not very foggy that, yeah. that night we went. It was. It was very foggy. I was glad Cole went actually the next morning. As uh from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, it was thick as peanut butter. <laughs> Did you say peanut butter or pea soup? I don't remember, but peanut butter is the one that came to mind. Both of them are thick. You can't see through either of them. That's true. That's true. At all. Yes. But yes, we headed yep. up to my side of the family first and had the Pake Christmas celebration. Mm. So that was a lot of fun with my brothers and mom and cousins, cousins and yeah. nieces and nephews and great nephews and <laughs> all kinds, all of, kinds of, of regular family titles yeah <laughs> well <laughs> no, like, no abnormal ones really. what i was thinking of was lots of people lots of people who were happy to speak loud and have a lot of fun yeah very very boisterous family on mom's side right right and the interesting thing that happened in your side of the family was the day before one of your brothers came a day early to the to the yeah um, to the Christmas party, which was a surprise to our nephew, who was the only one at the house. Right, right. Yeah. So while we were at your mom's house, I got a text saying from oh, my no. side of the family that said, "So this is the next day." Yeah, this is the next day. When we were at your uh, side of the house the next day at that party, I got a text from my side of the family saying. How long are you guys going to be? Everybody's here waiting for you. <laughs> and we had, we had thought that that party was the next day. Right. Yeah. So we weren't going to go to my side of the family till later that night. Right. So but we- instead, happily, we had already done Christmas gifts and we had had plenty of time to eat and talk and yeah. share and take pictures and things like that. So we yeah. went ahead and left and headed over to your side of the family, which was actually... Western Pennsylvania, closer to Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, about three, three and a half hours to get there. Right. So we made it just in time. Some people were leaving just as we got there. Some people had already left, but there were several people still there. So that there was, was nice. There was quite a number. You're the youngest of right. six, so yes. there's more than several But that people. changed some. I'm not sure why this was the year of the confused <laughs> no, I know. days. I know. Confused relatives. But we just went with it, and everybody was flexible. So Yeah, including my brother and sister-in-law and niece yeah, that came the, the day confusion. early. Yeah. My poor sister-in-law, she had made all kinds of food, so... It's safe till the next day. Yep. Right. And it still tasted good. Yeah. It tasted good. Yeah, and then I left to come home that night. So that was a solid uh, nine and a half hours of driving. Yes, it was. For me. And we stayed the night then at yeah. Randy's side family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. So the second holiday happening we had was actually from Sydney. 
And as you, I'm sure you all have seen in the stores, now that all the Christmas decorations and New Year's decorations are coming down, even before New Year's has happened, <laughs> um, there are Valentine's Day decorations up and yep. Valentine's Day candy. So I just went to Hobby Lobby today and there was a whole, whole section of Valentine's Day stuff already out. And I uh, picked up some Valentine's Day decorations, which was fun in preparation for Valentine's Day, even though it's like a couple months away. But yeah, it's right. still very fun. I don't necessarily suggest that people get a jump on getting their Valentine's Day candy, but, you know, I'm sure. Right. Well, you know, they got to pick up their there. Valentine's Day wreaths and yeah. string yeah. out their Valentine's Day Decorations, lights. definitely. Yeah. They did make me think that last week the other thing we did was do some post-Christmas shopping because oh, there yeah. were a lot of sales christmas mm-hmm. sales post christmas sales we went to hobby lobby we went to michael's yes we and yes target we went to walmart walmart actually didn't have as many good sales as some of the other yeah. stores they were like 50 uh, percent. Yes. this was after yeah. christmas so yeah. we were like what yeah the target stuff back there gets knocked down really fast yeah, yeah right. like it goes from like 50 to 70 to 90 pretty quickly yeah, yeah. and i think Michael's was like a 70, at least 70. That's percent off that we're talking. 70% off. Yeah. And Hobby Lobby was at least 66% yeah, off. Yeah, when you guys went. And I will say that a lot of the shelves and stuff that had the Christmas decorations were very bare. Right. <laughs> so they had only very little Christmas decorations left. And yet, there's still a crowd of people buying Christmas decorations. Right. Yeah. At Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people there when we were there. Right after Christmas, the next yeah. day. There were a lot of people there. Yeah. Well, that's a good time to get it's great some good deals on yeah, absolutely holiday Everything. things mm-hmm. as well as some other things that are on sale so yeah, yes. christmas stuff so Woo-hoo! thank you guys for the holiday happenings we're actually going to have a new segment now called future festivities thanks to beth for that name mm-hmm. <laughs> she came up with it but uh, one of the things i thought of is that sometimes on facebook and other places it'll suddenly be some festive event day like siblings day or donut day donut day and i never saw it i never saw it coming i didn't know that it was coming this coming week and then i always i always wished i knew ahead of time Mm -hmm. so something we'll do in this segment is look over the next week beyond the podcast to give you guys a heads up as to things that are coming that you might be interested in along the way so it'll be my selection so sorry if i miss one you're interested in but if you know of one that Randy missed, you can always put it on Facebook, and we would love to see it. And love us Absolutely. Know. And something else to keep in mind with segments <laughs> like these is certain restaurants have, like, cow day, like Chick-fil-A, where you dress up as a cow, <laughs> and you can actually get, get a free meal. Right. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> there yes. are some different things, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not going to go into a lot of the detail. If one of these interests you, you can find them. A lot of them have links online. For this week, we're looking at the week of... January 6th, 2019. So obviously on the 6th is Epiphany or Three Kings Day. As we've talked about before, that's a big holiday for a number of places. The Monday, the first Monday of the year that's not New Year's Day is called Blue Monday. I didn't know that. So the 7th this year is called Blue Monday. That's the first Monday workday after New Year's. Oh, that's So it's called Blue Monday because people are sad that it's a, another full week of work um, early in the, the year. The holidays are over. Yeah, the Monday blues. It's also the same day. is called Divorce Monday. Oh, wow. It's, that uh, The good. first Monday of the year is when most divorces are filed. Really? Yep. Well, that's pretty sad. On the 7th is also National Weigh-In Day because weigh-in? there's a weigh-in, like you're getting weighed. 
That's because people have New Year's resolutions to <laughs> yeah. eat better, to lose weight, whatever it may yeah. be. Well, and it's also Orthodox Christian Christmas. That's right. Which I'll talk about a little bit in my segment. Good point. Mm-hmm. The eighth is Bubble Bath Day. Ooh. <laughs> so if you like Bubble Bath Day. That's right. Peppermint Twist. That's Celebrate right. that day appropriately. Get, get Wait, hold on. Bomb. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of looking at this list. What is National Joy Germ Day? Okay, so I was skipping days that I didn't... I'm not researching all of these. So, <laughs> some, somebody look up National Joy Germ Day. <laughs> And tell us about it on Facebook. I'm going to look it up afterwards because I'm, I need to know. <laughs> the ninth is Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Very so nice. give a police officer a hug, but don't surprise <laughs> them. <laughs> no surprise hugs. <laughs> and please don't surprise hug their dogs. They won't appreciate that. <laughs> That's right. They might uh, be less tolerant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the eleventh is National Milk Day. Try to say that correctly for Beth. Milk, not Thank milk. You. The 12th is National Hot Tea Day. Ooh, that's good for me. Yeah. The 13th is Make Your Dream Come True Day. <gasps> that's Disney. such a Walt Disney thing. <laughs> I know, I thought so too. Uh, the 13th is also National Sunday Supper Day. So oh. a good day to eat with your family on National Supper Day. So Very nice. there are the future festivities coming up in the next week. So with that, we're going to switch over to our main topics and talk about two final New Year's-ish kind of Topics. And we get the exciting conclusion of Sydney's right. segment on Japanese New Year. That's right. That's right. So before, just as a quick recap, we talked about Japanese New Year. Japanese New Year is usually the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of January. It is the biggest holiday in Japan. And typically, um, it has various festivities, some pre holiday stuff to prepare for the holidays holiday events during the day and i'm just recapping on some events some other events that happen during new year's so the first one that i am going to talk about is the first shrine visit so a very popular thing in japan is to visit a shrine for the new year's typically typically i think january 1st but sometimes people We'll do the 2nd or 3rd of January or at a later time. So this is a particularly important New Year custom. It's cold outside, so a lot of people brave the cold and visit temples at midnight where bells are rung a total of 108 times in a ritual to represent and ward off the 108 worldly sins in the Buddhist belief. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. So it is an important custom to do this. And if you are... Lucky enough to be a part of the first 108 people, I guess at the, at the very top or beginning of the temple, you can be one of the 108 people to actually ring the bells. Oh. So one person rings each, each time? Chime? I think so. According oh, to that's my interesting. Research, that is interesting. Right? You can go to a smaller or less popular temple and possibly have more luck being a part of the 108 people to ring the bell there. Right. That makes sense. So this tradition can attract crowds from 1 to 3 million people over the New Year. So that's why sometimes some people wait a day or two before visiting the temples because there are simply too many people at certain temples. So during the visits to the temples, the Japanese have lucky charms that they return from the previous year. At the beginning of each year, they get new tokens of good luck at the shrine they purchase them they are returned to the shrine at the start of the year along with other charms and amulets 
and some shrines may have fires to burn the old charms. So other popular activities are writing your wishes on wooden plaques and getting a fortune on little strips of white paper. They'll tell you um, your outlook on such things as business, relationships, and whether or not you find your lost item. So I thought this was kind of funny because yeah. it never says anything about what your lost item is. It just says whether or not you will find it. Yeah. Yes. Or so like, like everybody's got a lost item. Right. It's whether or not you will find it. Yeah. Exactly. If the fortune that you have is good, you should take it home and keep it. But, you know, obviously because it's good luck. Uh, if it, the news is not so promising, um, you should fold it and tie it to a dedicated strings to ward off bad fortune in hopes that you will get a better one the next new year. Oh, okay. Oh, but yeah. you got to hold on to it, though, either way. Yeah. Oh. So that you can go and burn it and get a new fortune. Right. And so the next part I thought was really super interesting. So these are, and I apologize if I say this incorrectly, I think they're... Daruma dolls. So they are round and hollow Japanese dolls. They're ba- they look basically like heads. I think you think of a football helmet. It's kind of like that. They're made of paper. They're modeled after the founder of the Zen sect of Buddhism. They are a symbol of perseverance and good luck, which is why this is related to goal setting. So this is related to setting goals at the beginning of the new year. So you buy one of these Daruma dolls, mm-hmm. and they come without pupils. Yes. So when they, you set a goal... They come basically with the white <laughs> part, the white right, parts exactly. of their eyes. So in order to put pupils in or to set your goal, you set your goal and you fill in a pupil in one of the eyes, right? Oh, so okay. that indicates that, okay, I have set my goal, and at the end of the year, I my goal is to complete whatever I had set it up. And if you complete it, do you put the other pupil in? Oh, yes. okay, interesting. When in the nineties, when I worked on the space shuttle program at in Houston, mm-hmm. we were working with the Japanese Space Agency on one of the missions. So oh. at the beginning of the actual mission, mm-hmm. we had one of those out at the flight director's station, what? and we filled in one of the pupils uh-huh. at the beginning of the mission. And then when the mission was over, we filled out the second one. So I remember that wow. ceremony. That is really cool. So was that over a number of years? No, it was over a couple weeks. The couple mission weeks. was just a couple weeks. Okay. Because it um, was symbolic of right. that. So I think during, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it seems like the goal setting is for a year, right? You buy this doll, you set your goal, and then at the end of the year, what you can do is you can take it back to the temple, and they have this burning ceremony. Because it's made of paper, you can then burn the doll. Right. It's like, it's made of paper, but it's yeah. it's hard. It almost looks like it would be made out of wood, but it's like, I don't know if it's paper mache kind of thing, exactly. but it's something yes. that's hard and takes a form to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and they're intricately decorated, like, with red, gold, black. Okay. Yeah, she has a picture here. Mm-hmm. It's it's really beautiful. It's kind of like, sort of what you'd think of, maybe like a Venetian mask kind of thing, but it's a more sort of Japanese with sort of the kind of butterfly pattern. Right. Yeah, so... I thought that was a very interesting custom. Even in our culture, they'll say, okay, write something down on a piece of paper and burn it. And that's giving it up. So this, you're letting this it is, go. You're right? letting it go. So this is the fulfillment of something right. that you're now, you can now let go because you've mm-hmm. fulfilled this goal. That's a really Absolutely. neat idea. Yeah. Another um, tradition that they do during New Year's is they have postcards. So much like our Christmas cards... They send postcards and cards during the new year, updating family members, saying hi, sending them to loved ones. Another favorite new year tradition for Japanese children is to play games. Okay. So these include ball games, kite flying, spinning tops, 
and different board games as well. And another tradition that I thought was interesting, specifically for children, Japanese children receive money during the New Year's, similar to the red envelopes given to children in Chinese culture during the Lunar New Year. Right? Okay, I remembered well, there was some country that gave red envelopes with money right. in it. It's the Chinese that do that. The Chinese, yes. The Japanese do give money, but not the same. It's not the whole red envelope. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I was looking at pictures online about this Japanese tradition to give money to children, and they come in really cute little packets. Like, they're little um, small decorated packets that they put the money in and then they give to the children. It doesn't have to be much, but the children get excited about this. Right. And um, there isn't really an age limit on it, I don't think. It just depends on what the... It's usually for young children, but um, it's also depending on the family dynamic as well. So that's another fun tradition. And the final tradition that I researched and found are these Japanese lucky shopping bags. Hmm. So as winter comes, also comes the winter sale season. Okay. Yeah. Right in these shops. Okay. So what they do is they craft these mystery bags with like clothes, electronics, accessories, and they could be for men, women, and children. Right. But you don't know what's in the bag. You can guess. It's pretty much whatever the store sells, right? But, but you still don't quite, you don't know exactly what's in the bag when right. purchasing right. it. So if it's a bookstore, you know it's probably books, book, but you don't know which books. Retail stores do this. Do you pay for the mystery bags? Yeah. So you buy one. Right, so a lot of stores do that. I've seen a lot of clothes stores do this. So it's almost like those, I don't know if you've ever seen those little mystery boxes, like a character or collectible yes, in stores. Right. It's pretty much like that. Right. They actually, don't exactly know what's in it. <laughs> they actually do that for pins at Disney. Exactly. You yeah. can buy yeah. a bag of pins, you don't know what's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's for a sale price. Yeah, there's a lot right. of stuff. This sounds like it's a cultural thing that's been around for a while, mm-hmm. but now mystery toy things are like huge well, in stores. Yeah. 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 It's so like a lot more than it was in previous decades. Hmm. Right. It's really and, booming now. Yeah, the picture right here. I mean, they look like nice bags, like so pretty big bags. Like, mm-hmm. But again, you don't exactly know what you're going to get. So I think sometimes a group of people would buy a bag and then get pretty keep pretty much whatever they want for right. the bag. Share it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty much a wrap for you know my research in Japanese New Year. I'm sure there's a lot more traditions, but these are just some that I um, I found. And thank you. I think all of it was interesting. It was very interesting. Thank you, Sydney. Nice. So we'll head a little bit north of Japan for my segment, which is on the Russian New Year. Yeah, really, you could say lots of directions from Japan for Russia, because Russia's a pretty big place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably not south. But um, <laughs> if you go far enough south, if you go far enough south. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you go far enough south. So, for those of you who didn't know, Я учился в России. Я изучал русский язык летом. So, I went to study in Russia last summer. Um, yeah, that's crazy, right? <laughs> so I speak I speak some Russian. I don't speak it very well. But I learned a lot about Russia when I was there. Russia is one of those areas that I sort of know a lot of as a historian. So it actually falls into my area of expertise. My field of study in history was sort of the colonial period and sort of that colonialism in Russia, Central Asia, and Britain. So this is a little more in my wheelhouse. 
So New Year in Russia is uh, even more important than Christmas, and it's the sort of the major celebration in the country. They have what we call the the new New Year and the old New Year. So that's the well new New Year. There's there's not like a good way to to translate that. I guess that'd be Nova Nova God, and old New Year would be uh, Stare Nova God. So what's the difference? Well, I'll get into that in a little bit. So, at its most basic level, New New Year is celebrated on January 1st. Then we have Orthodox Christmas, which is celebrated in Russia on January 7th. And that's because the Orthodox Church still adheres to the Julian calendar and not the Gregorian calendar. So then they have Old New Year, which is celebrated on the 14th, a week after Christmas. And that's because of the switch in calendars. Right, and that's because oh. of the switch in calendars. And conveniently, they decided to celebrate all of those days. Right. <laughs> right, January's got to be great because, you know. Yeah, the um, first two weeks, the whole first two weeks of January. Right, right. But sort of the, the flip side of that is that Christmas in Russia is much more of a religious holiday, more so than a, a commercialized holiday. So New Year is their big sort of commercial holiday. Like Japan. Right, like Japan. So... You can't go anywhere in Russia around this time without hearing Sinovi Gordon, which means sort of... It's one of those things that doesn't super translate well because the letter T at the beginning is with. So it's sort of like with the new year. But it's sort of like saying Happy New Year. It's their version. Yeah. So obviously most of the celebrations are going to be in... Moscow and St. Petersburg. Those are going to be the big ones that are like televised, sort of like we have, you know, the dropping of the ball in New York. They televise the clock tower on the Kremlin um, striking midnight. And they'll have huge fireworks. There There are concerts. There's tons of food. There's people packed into anywhere and everywhere in Moscow on on new year's it's just this huge very active very colorful holiday there so they have drinks and a lot of like food stands and stuff and they have things like caviar and wow like, fancy yeah pickles and oh, mushrooms okay, and <laughs> pickles the whole gamut. Cooked. yeah but those three well more the caviar and mushrooms are like big russian foods okay that they like so there's a lot of sort of traditionally Russian food as well as sort of commercialized food there. So if these segments are televised, do they also have like famous Russian singers and Oh yeah, they they have and concerts and oh, okay. um, so it's all very similar of, to New York. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have hosts yeah. and, um, and Japanese New Year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in Russia, from what I've seen, it's a little bigger because New Year is a bigger deal there than it is here. I think theirs is a little larger. They have Sort right. of more concerts going on sort of all over the place. And they'll have sort of very, very notable figures. Very, I'm not saying that we don't always get relevant people. Right, we like do, in yeah. Yeah, so other cities in Russia also, everywhere has big fireworks displays. And a lot of the sort of mid-sized cities will have concerts. Something else that the Russians have is they have a New Year tree instead of a Christmas tree. So they decorate that at that time and leave that out for Christmas and for the new New Year and for old New Year. So once the trees are up and once midnight strikes, that's when a lot of the partying sort of 
will pick up for the Russians. That's so funny. Um, because that's when they exchange gifts after midnight. Wow. So they can either give gifts to you know their friends and family, or they can put their gifts under the New Year's tree. And they have sort of a... A lot of people call him Russian Santa, but he's Father Frost is what they, they Ooh, call him. Ooh, I like him. that. Or Ded Moroz, which kind of sounds morbid. It doesn't translate <laughs> super well into a nice sounding, but Ded Moroz. And his female companion, his granddaughter, Snegorichka. When I went to Moscow in the earliest 90s, mm. I was surprised by all the Santa Clauses there, yeah. only to find out Grandfather Frost? Is yep, they're Father Frost. Father Frost. So then the Russians told us the story of Father Frost and his granddaughter. And yeah. What the difference was. And basically it sounded like it was the Soviets' way of creating a Santa Claus-like figure without having it being a saint right. related to Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, because Father Frost was, in Slavic lore, originally a very malevolent character like i think he would steal people's children and they would have to give him presents (laughs) to get their children back (laughs) but um (laughs) but at a certain point i think during the 19th century somebody wrote a story about him that put him in a positive light so a lot of older if you see older pictures i guess they'd be older paintings in slavic lore about father frost he's often depicted a little more evilly. He's got an eye patch in a lot of them. And wow. Yeah, that's not the normal no. Santa figure. You yeah, so about. San- Father Frost had a change of heart, I guess, <laughs> at some point. And we all know that eye patches mean evil. Right. <laughs> unless, uh, unless you're Drossel Godfather. Meyer. Yeah, Drosselmeyer. Drosselmeyer, <laughs> that's right. And then Snegorichka. And the, the name sort of is important there because the snig at the beginning of it, it's actually pronounced snick. It's spelled with a G, but it's sort of like a GK thing. But it's the word in Russian for snow. Snow. Snegorichka is sort of the... Like snow child. Snow granddaughter kind of thing. And she has an interesting story behind her, too. Which is another thing where she had an original character, but they changed it so that she was Father Frost's granddaughter. Was she also not nice and became nice? No, but her parents made her out of snow and brought her to life. Oh, that's right. And she was playing with children who were jumping over a fire, and she jumped over a fire and turned into a cloud. Oh. There's a lot of different stories about her. All of them seem to end with her turning into a cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Did that change once she became Father Frost's Yes, she's alive now, presumably. No no longer cloud. Cloud to human form. (laughs) She is upgraded. She is no longer vapor. She's solid. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, but they are two huge characters in Russia. And I remember when I was in Russian class in college, my Russian professor, she showed us a cartoon about Father Frost and Snegorichka. And it was sort of like a Tom and Jerry kind of cartoon. It wasn't about them, but... It was a, a wolf and a rabbit, and it's called Nupagodi, the cartoon, which doesn't translate super well, but it sort of translates to, well, just you wait. And it's oh, about okay. a wolf and a rabbit, and like the rabbit is always getting away from the wolf, and the wolf is... So right, it's like, oh, wait, just okay. you wait, like I'll get you kind of thing. Okay. But during this cartoon, the rabbit was dressed as Father Frost, and the wolf tried to get the rabbit by dressing as Snegorichka. Ooh, tricky. Yep. So 
That was a very funny... That is funny. So I'll go ahead and post a picture of the wolf and the rabbit dressed as Father Frost and Stengorichka on Facebook because it's a very funny image. Good idea. So then the Russians have their Christmas on the 7th, which, like I said, is more of a religious holiday. It's hard to have no commercialism with any holiday nowadays, but it is more of a religious holiday. And then they have their second New Year, which is old New Year, like I said, Stary Novigod. Which is, a lot of times, sort of more folk traditions, folk foods, large family gatherings. So much more of a, I guess, a family-oriented New Year. But it is is a really big holiday in Russia. I remember when I was first learning Russian, I'd listen to a lot of Russian music. They have a lot of New Year's songs that I stumbled across, and I didn't realize they were New Year's songs until I learned Russian. And I was like, oh, that's what all these are about. So it's a lot lot more than even Christmas. It's kind of nice for them that they have an extended period of holidays. New Year's, new New Year's, old New Year's. Well, and you get to sort of, with the Russians, split it up. With our Christmas, we have the religious aspect, we have time with the family, then we have the commercial stuff, and they sort of have their commercial one, their religious one, and then their folk and family one. Right, because it gives a little more activity during the winter season, and that switches us from New Year's into the the length of what is winter. Yeah. So as we move through the holiday season, you know, we moved from Halloween, or as I like to call it, Christmas kickoff, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> to Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, and now to New Year's Day. From there, we have to adjust from that fast-paced tempo of right. shopping and parties and activities. Wrapping gifts. Special yeah. television yeah. shows, special music, into the slower-paced time. <laughs> That covers the next Yeah, you're going from like 100 down to <laughs> like right. a solid 2015, something like that. Right. So back to long work weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, more time indoors because the outside's cold and kind of stark, at least in some places. Mm-hmm. And then the holidays are much smaller in scope okay. along the way. Absolutely. There are many holidays during this next few months, but they're not the same um, magnitude as these other ones are. And you have to adjust not just physically what you're doing, but you really need to have that inner attitude adjustment as well. Like we said, the first Monday after New Year's is called Blue Monday because it's darker outside, the days are still short, mm-hmm. you have a work week going, so now things can kind of seem down if you're not careful. Yeah, like the Christmas spirit and all that, I mean, that, that's kind of past. <laughs> right. The Christmas spirit is dead at this point. And it's a little bit sad. It is. It you know, is. you're putting... Your gifts away, you're putting the big decorations away. But right? if, if Muppet Christmas Carol was to be believed, you can make it last all year. <laughs> you That's can, right. in your heart. Yep. <laughs> so right. maybe Which we should true. watch that. <laughs> That's right. It is the season the of winter. the heart. So I think this is actually a great time to put an intentional focus on the positives in our lives already. Mm-hmm. And, look, and look forward to what's coming up in the new year, right now. And, you know, we talked about last week, a New Year's resolution. So just ways that you can be intentional about using this time when there aren't as many things going on, right? There aren't as many choices of things that you have to pick from to do some positive things in our lives. So I'm going to talk about winter in general and just to give some ideas of things that we might want to try this winter. And I would suggest that people just pick one or two of them, add it to your list of things to do. Because I found that because there aren't as many other things going on, festivals, fairs, there aren't as many nighttime things, 
that it is a great time to pick up new habits. A couple of years ago, I decided to pick up a new instrument and start teaching myself. This was mm-hmm. the time period that I did that. I've also used that time to read books that I've been meaning to get to. But first, I want to talk about some interesting facts about winter that I found online and a couple different websites. Here's just some random things. So in a lot of places in North America, it snows at some point. So we often talk about snowflakes. Snowflakes can come in lots of different sizes. The average snowflake ranges in size slightly smaller than a penny to the width of a human hair. But I found online a through some unverified sources that there was a snowflake in Fort Dio, Montana in 1887 that was supposedly milk pan sized, just a single crystal, which would make it 15 inches wide. Wow, a single snowflake. So, I'm uh, guessing we don't have pictures of that. No. <laughs> I'm picturing some, uh, like some panhandler. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and kind of talking about yeah. what the thing he saw. It's like fish it, It's good you specified yeah. that because I was thinking, well, maybe that's a very small milk pan. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about snow is that a little bit of water can add up to a lot of snow. So because snow is fluffy and contains a lot of air that adds to its bulk, to its size, an inch of rainwater in summer would equal 10 inches of snow in the colder months. Wow. Wow. The other thing that can happen in snowstorms is something called thunder snow. Have you guys ever heard thunder snow? No, but that no. sounds awesome. <laughs> so I've heard thunder snow once. And typically in a snowstorm, it can have lightning just like other storms can. What? It's not as common, but it can happen depending on the, the different factors of the warm air and cold air. But the snow muffles the sound typically. So oh. you don't hear as much as there is. Mm-hmm. But occasionally you can hear thunder snow, as they call it. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, and something that I found online that I thought was interesting was the average amount of points on a snowflake are six. Yeah, so every... And actually, I'll talk a little bit about that later. Cool. Snow falls at one to six feet per second because of the fluffiness. Rain falls faster than that. Mm-hmm. So one to six feet per second is actually not that fast. Because the snow is like a parachute coming down. So for the northern hemisphere where we are in January, the Earth is actually closer to the sun in our winter than it is during our summer. Our orbit is slightly oblong. So in the wintertime, the axis of the Earth is pointed away on the northern part from the sun, which is why we have winter. But we're actually physically closer to the sun then when we're over here on the other side and the axis is pointed towards the sun but we're further away, it actually makes it more temperate for us. If it had been the other way, the two extremes would have been too much for us to, to handle as a species. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, more than 22 million tons of salt are used on U.S. roads each winter. That's about 137 pounds of salt per person. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a lot of salty people. <laughs> and you may run into those on the road. <laughs> you will. Yeah, plenty, right. plenty of salty people. <laughs> so a couple more facts. Winter cold kills more than twice as many Americans as summer heat does. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every winter, at least one septillion, that's one, followed by 24 zeros, one septillion snow crystals fall from the sky every wow. winter. That's a lot of... 
Snow crystals. My guess would be about 70% of that is Canada and Russia. <laughs> well, that's probably true. <laughs> that, that's a layman's guess, so don't... <laughs> don't quote you. Yeah, don't quote me on that. The largest recorded snowman ever built was 113 foot 7 inches high. The most snow angels done at one time was 8,962 snow angels. Oh my gosh. Where was that? That was in Bismarck, North Dakota. Had too many snow other... days on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> a single snowstorm can drop 39 million tons of snow. That's a ton of snow. snow... 39 million tons. Snow appears white because snow is a bunch of individual ice crystals arranged together. So when the light hits the snow, it bounces all around the ice crystals and the color of all the frequencies in the visible spectrum combined is equal to white. So a snow crystal, an ice crystal by itself is translucent. If you were to look at it under a oh, microscope. So that's interesting. So they, they just mirror each other so much. Right. The definition of a blizzard is when visibility is reduced to one quarter of a mile and the winds are 35 miles per hour or more. The storm also has to last at least three hours. I don't know what it's called if it's like two and a half hours. You have or 30 miles done. per hour. Oh, then it's just called a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has to meet minimum requirements, yeah. I guess. So. Yeah. Oh, I saw a monk today that was like, it had a really cute quote, and it said, if kisses were snowflakes, I'd send you a blizzard. Aww. Isn't that cute? <laughs> that was in the Valentine section? No, this was in a different story in the winter section. Oh. There's an average of 105 snow-producing storms in the United States in a typical year. I thought that was a lot. An average storm is two to five days. So interesting. Yeah. So this one's for mom. For Beth, industry experts note that a colder-than-usual winter probably would not reduce the number of insects for the following spring or summer. I don't believe that. What would have more of an impact on their numbers would be an out-of-season cold snap because insects would not have yet adapted to the environmental change. Apparently, insects are very good about living through cold, cold winters, but it's because it's a kind of a gradual uh, adjustment. For instance, many mosquito species live the winter as adults. In the fall, mosquitoes mate, but only the male dies. The females spend the cold months hidden in a protective place such as an animal burrow or a hollow log. Do they actually die or do they just fake their deaths to get away from the wife? Not at all. There's like a, a different log of male mosquitoes just having a great time. They're <laughs> <laughs> having a little male mosquito party. Yeah. They like started this rumor yeah, years ago. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I'm going to die, honey. I better go off and do that. <laughs> what so, Jim and Mike are going to die too? Well. Whatever. <laughs> But to grab a beer to go die, <laughs> as Sydney would say. Can I do my thing? Okay. So winter can be a very fun season, and I think it's just a matter of thinking about and being intentional about the activities that you choose on the cold days and the short days of winter. So I'm going to talk about activities you can do outside as well as inside. So there are many activities that you can do outside, even in the colder parts of the country. You just have to look up online to see if you've got ice skating or sled riding in the area. You can build a snowman or a snow fort, have a snowball fight, hopefully with somebody who is expecting the snowball fight <laughs> and not with some random people. Uh, you can go on a winter hike. You can go snow tubing. A lot of places have snow tubing or downhill skiing on smaller slopes so that if you're not that good at it, you can practice it. You can shovel snow for somebody else. 
Which you, is very kind. You could have a bonfire. You can invite friends over for a bonfire in the winter. We've done that before. Yep. You can go stargazing. Sometimes our winter nights are very bright as far as the skies go. Mm. So I know we have, as the kids have grown up, done all these types of activities at different times. When the kids were teenagers, we did things like tubing and outdoor hikes and things like that a lot of times with youth group. Yep. We also, when the kids were younger, would do sledding in areas that had hills. <laughs> when I was a kid and we lived in Ohio for five or six years, there were no hills in the area we lived in, but we did have a back porch with steps, so we sled right down the seven steps <laughs> to the ground. That's funny. <laughs> so kids no, can find a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, but we're lucky enough here that we have slopes on our property that we were able to sled on when, when we you were, were kids. Yeah, yeah we were you kids. did. We, yeah. we had the little slope over here that you guys would sled right on. Yeah, mm-hmm. as long as you can flatten it enough. You know, some snow is better for sledding, for, for making snowmen. It tends to be the wetter snow. Icier kind of snow, that's good for sled riding. Some indoor activities you can do. You can do a new craft. Try something crafty. Uh, that's something fun to do. You can pick an online workout to do as a family. You could cook a meal together. You could read a book every week or join a book club. Go to some indoor water parks or museums. There's places that you can do that. I'd uh, love to find a place that is both. An indoor water park and museum. <laughs> <laughs> Like they have exhibits that you could just slide. Why don't down. you Why don't you uh, look into that? Yep. Report back to us. <laughs> <laughs> January is also a good time to plan. Like if you want to plan a family vacation. A couple months ago we went to Disney, but we started planning for that in the January time frame. That's right. Because it was easy to spend time doing that. You could do some cleaning. Sydney talked about last week. One of the activities that the Japanese do as part of New Year is that holistic cleaning yeah. as a way to pass the time. And to accomplish something. You could go to a play, take an art class. So there's lots of different things that you can do. As a family, you could have a game night together. You could plan a party for the smaller holidays, like a Valentine's party or a St. Patrick's Day party, Mm -hmm. something like that. When we were younger, before we had kids, our small group got together and planned a Valentine's party basically for the wives where the wives were served. We served Mm -hmm. them. We serenaded them. (laughs) Uh, So each of the husbands got together, and and we can talk about this more in a future podcast, but did a part of that Mm -hmm. and basically picked them up and... And um, we were all dressed up in tuxes, so we looked mm-hmm. like waiters. And so we didn't know. Yeah, and the girls had no they idea. Just, all of a sudden, we got picked up. It was like what, what? <laughs> right. But it was really neat. Aww. You can also do activities that will teach you a life skill. Like I talked about, I decided to pick up a new instrument. You can do something like that. You can take some online classes, some skills classes. Sydney talked about. There being uh, adulting classes for yes. millennials. <laughs> yes, and they are very useful. <laughs> right, like things like practicing budgeting skills, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So this is a great time to do that as well. Sydney and I took cake decorating. Oh, good point. Right. Craft and knitting. Classes. Yeah, and knitting. Yeah, well, right. one of us was very successful at that. <laughs> that would be Sydney. One of us was not. That would be me. Yes. But cake right. decorating was very useful because it also expanded yes. to cookies. So sometimes I would make people Valentine's Day cookies. Right. And decorate those, which was based off of my cake decorating skills yes. that I learned from the class. Right. Very useful. We've used those cake decorating skills. We did that when you were quite a bit younger, mm-hmm. and we've used them all throughout your life since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been really neat. So, yeah, if you can find some of those classes, but they're skill-oriented classes, then that's really helpful. 
And like you said, places like Michael's or Lowe's or someplace, bigger box stores right. or communities like libraries, community centers, they often offer courses that you could take for free or for minimal price. Right. Mm-hmm. So the important thing during the winter time frame, I think, is to find some activities to be intentional about. You don't have to fill up your time. You can certainly still have time to, to do some TV watching if you want to or you know get online, but it's also a good time to try to get to some of these things and put them into your plan or into your spontaneous idea set for you spontaneous thinkers <laughs> out there and stay physically and emotionally active through the winter season. Absolutely. One question I often get is how long should you keep your Christmas decorations up after Christmas? And personally, I think in this period of time, it's to about Martin Luther King's birthday time frame. So I try to have all the Christmas decorations down and replaced by winter decorations by that time frame. Well, and it's sad to see the trees and the Christmas decorations and the lights go down. But something that can help is having winter decorations that you bring out after the Christmas stuff comes down. It helps me a lot. It helps me a lot. (laughs) Randy has always loved decorations. So from the time we were a young married couple, we started getting decorations. And Randy would ask for decorations for Christmas. So throughout the year, as holidays would come up, I would buy him something for Christmas. So we ended up with quite a lot of decorations. So he he was collecting them throughout the 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 year. year. Yes, exactly. And it was a mix. Mm-hmm. It was, and he would actually ask for put things on his list like snowmen mm-hmm. or Santa Clauses, yeah. things like that. So, and it's funny because he's half like halfway through his life now, and he has like a room full of decorations in the basement. So I shudder, to, I shudder to think of in fifty more years <laughs> what he'll have. Sydney's right; it's really a room and a half. Yeah, it's a room and a half. If you count yeah, Halloween, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a room that's leaking into another room. Yeah. Yeah. But it's huge boxes. I was going to say, they're big bins piled on top of each other. It's not like yeah. just a decorated room. No, I mean, these it's are packed. the storage area. It's yeah, like yes. four or five high. Right, big all boxes throughout the room. stacked, yeah. In 2019, we will be married 30 years. What? Yes, that's a lot of decorations. <laughs> and if you ask for things for your birthday and Christmas that are just general, like... Santa Clauses or snowmen or whatever, you invite people to get those things for you too. So we usually get things from Randy's side of the family. Yeah, and if you're a grandparent, then you've got the great option of picking your thing, your one like decoration. What do you you mean by that, Cole? So when we were kids, each (laughs) of our grandparents had a thing, whether that was like an animal or something like that, that we just always associated. Yeah, we always associated with them. And we were little kids, so it was easy for my grandmother on mom's side. It was owls. Right. And your grandfather um, on your mom's side was, was moose. Was moose, yep. <laughs> and then on the other side, it was cardinals for my grandfather and Noah's arcs for my That's grandmother. Right. Right. So it's it's a really easy thing as a grandparent <laughs> just to let your, your grandkids... Know you like something. Know you like a thing. So they can get you an ornament or a little figurine. Right. And they will literally give you anything of that thing. Yeah, anything of that thing. So if you yeah. want to, if you want to pick, it's a great idea to pick decorations in that situation. Like, like, yeah. like if you like nutcrackers, then they, you know, they're grandkids, so they might get you some goofy stuff. But hopefully, their parents are, you know, helping a little bit, helping a little bit, <laughs> and you know, it's coming from your grandkids, so, so you're, you're, gonna you're not gonna, them. you're gonna love whatever they get you, right? right. You hope, yeah, <laughs> yeah. hopefully. My father, Cindy and Cole's grandfather, will be gone two years. 
I guess at the end of January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were at my mom's house, their grandmother's house, and she was saying, last "Oh, weekend. last weekend." And she said, "Oh, you can see all the different moose that Cole had gotten yeah. for." <laughs> For, it was, um, it was still weird on the Christmas not getting, tree. On the Christmas Not getting tree. moose. Right. So, anyway, so that was always fun. Eventually, we ended up with so many Santas and snowmen that we would put the Santas out for Christmas. And then when they were all put away after Christmas, we could pull the snowmen out. We were just talking about being up celebrating Christmas at our family's house last weekend. And Grandma Penny was saying that she brings out snowmen after Christmas. And it was unsolicited. (laughs) That's right. She just happened to be talking about how, you know, she pulls them out after Christmas. So apparently it's a family thing. (laughs) But it can be your family thing, too. That's right. So I particularly love the lights of Christmas. So after Christmas, the lack of lights can be really just super sad. Yes. (laughs) You can be your own light. I can be the light, but I can't. I don't twinkle quite the same way. (laughs) Something I did just this year is make a winter basket for Randy. It was one of his gifts with white and silver balls of different textures and sparkling lights throughout and Mm. a big white bow in the front. So when we pull the Christmas lights down, that can still sit on the hearth. It plugs in. It has those kind of sparkling lights throughout the basket. So you can plug it in, and you still get the sparkling lights in a winter kind of setting. You did the same thing where I got you a bowl for Christmas. Right. I found a really pretty, large, shallow glass bowl. And it's gorgeous. It's a it gorgeous so blue pretty. color. It's like, yeah. And I found it at Home Goods. Okay. Like a light turquoise, maybe? Color? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, a, um, it's like a metallic teal yeah and a kind of gold champagne color mm-hmm. the t- there's two mm-hmm. different kind of fades into each other right and they're just it's just a beautiful bowl and it was really very inexpensive so i went to some after christmas sales to find something to put in it and i found balls of different complementary colors and sizes that matched this beautiful bowl and put within it the really tiny little lights, Mm -hmm. the ones that uh, are battery operated, because it's going to be the centerpiece for the dining room. Mm -hmm. And it turned out beautiful. I was so happy with it. Every time I go past it, I look at it and smile. Mm -hmm. It did. It did turn out really well. I had to move it because our microphone is where it normally sits. Right. But it's sitting out there and we can... Still see it and... Yeah, it's beautiful. And the small little lights that I chose were called light amber. And I think that's what used to be warm white. Yes. I'm thinking. So you can make or put together some winter decorations and use the after Christmas sales, which are very helpful, to make it whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. If you're just starting out and you would like more decorations, it can be overwhelming to think of... Someone like Randy, who has so many, you can just start out by just buying some. And then, remember, you can just get a few at a time. Mm -hmm. That's right. And they accumulate before you know it. Because if you think about it, you can really just start off with, like, maybe a wreath, a couple of nutcrackers. Or or winter, just a couple snowmen. Yeah, Yeah, just a couple snowmen. Cheaper kind of stuff, too. And a lot of places, the Walmarts and Targets, now sell... Really nice looking decorations at cheap prices. They do. You can get nicer ones other places, Mm -hmm. but you can go to Hobby Lobby, Michael, all those kind of places and find find nice. And if you do that after the season where they're on sale sale as well, then you can 
get a little bit more to, to start from. And I know right. we now have enough winter stuff that I actually don't mind. And I look forward to taking down the Christmas stuff because we have enough winter stuff now where I forget what we have, mm-hmm. right? And it's fun to get it out and see what yeah. we have and where we're going to put it. Right. The stores consider snowmen Christmas decorations. So after Christmas sales <laughs> can be awesome. Right. Right. Forgetting things like snowmen and right. and Santas and de- just decorations but, in general. But they'll also be gone, I imagine, before, before well, too long. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you, if you're going to wait till after Christmas, you have to be willing to see what's still left. Right. Right. Because after a week or so, it's they're going to clean out most of it. Exactly. And there are a lot of, like you said, Sydney. More inexpensive things mm-hmm. that you can purchase ahead of time, and you can always just try stuff. You're not, you don't get it, and you're, you don't have to be stuck with it. Right? That was you my can... next point. Exactly. Oh, okay. Great minds. <laughs> when I first started, I liked country things. Okay. And I kind of gradually moved away from that into some other things. But that doesn't mean that I have to give up the country things. Mm -hmm. You can either gather them in a certain area of your house, or if they're like snowmen, you can mix and match really easily. Yeah. So, and that can be really an effective way to decorate so that it's not all the same kind of thing. But you can also say that I'm not going to put those ones out anymore if the tastes have changed significantly. That's right. Well, it's like gathering them up in certain places, like a mantle or a garbage can. Like all of your okay, country two things. two different things, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. But country things are still very popular, and they, they're really pretty. Country things 30 years ago look very different than now. That's right. Right. Yeah. So you can find a lot of really attractive things and all different kinds. Right. In fact, even today, I, I brought some decorations up to Dad saying, hey, I know, you know, I tried these for a couple years. You know, not, not too fond of them. Are, are you interested in integrating them into your decorations? Do any of these look interesting to you? Right. I think your, your decision was, oh, let's try them and see what how they look. Yeah, right. So you can drop crap off with your parents. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> this is the moral of the Is that a giveaway to someone or ask before? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because, yeah, it may not appeal to you anymore for your decorating style. Right. But it still may be perfectly nice that somebody might want to be able to use it. Right. And it depends on how large... Your houses too, as to how many decorations you can cram into it. <laughs> right. Yes. I'm just kidding. Decorate tastefully. <laughs> Please do so. That's right. So this should be a fun activity, not a stressful activity. Mm. You should feel free to give yourself some slack. If you like something, try it. If you don't like it later, it's okay. And it's a very personal thing. If it's just you doing it, then it's it whatever you like. If it's you and your significant other, right, then right. it's the two of you. So it doesn't need to be what other people think. It's really right. what you guys like. And it really doesn't need to be perfect. That's right. absolutely right. It doesn't have to be finished. It doesn't have to be. Exactly. It doesn't have to be perfect. Exactly. For Randy's Christmas Village, we were living in Houston when we started buying the pieces at a certain store. So when we moved up to Virginia, that store was no longer available. So that Christmas village was done. Right. And that's okay too. That's right. To have a limit because it's a beautiful Christmas village and I kind of like the size of it. It's pretty big and but it doesn't need to be any bigger than that. So you can also say, okay, well there's, you know, I have enough of this kind of thing mm-hmm. and limit that. Absolutely. So, I think we all enjoy decorating. We all enjoy our time doing that together. Mm-hmm. And we are now going to be looking forward, I guess, to taking down Christmas stuff. And putting <laughs> and up, or up looking more things. forward to bringing the stuff, bringing the new stuff up. Right. I am. <laughs> 
So thank you for those topics. Very fun. We will be continuing next week with the winter topics as well as the holidays during winter topics for the next few weeks ahead. I also want to thank the Andersons. Eric and Trish Anderson. For making us a on-air framed... How would you describe that? It's, it has holiday moons at the top, and we light it up when we're on air to let right. you know the rest of us know we're on air. <laughs> so <laughs> it's beautifully if, done. If you've ever seen like movies, like when a studio, a TV studio, right. or a movie studio is recording, the outside door says on air, so you know not just to barge in and make a bunch right. of noise, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of one of those signs with our logo at the top yes. and the on air in outlined yes. in red at the bottom. And it's all lit up behind, yeah. um, and it's all and we lit. have it on the table. But I guess really that line of thinking, we should have it like on the front door. We should. Or have so, it. So, so nobody barges in while we're on air. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Eric did an oh, excellent yeah. job it was- making it. Trish did an excellent job of gathering up detailed information from Sydney. Ha 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 ha. And it was, it was a great uh, surprise. It was. Yeah. A, it was a wonderful surprise. From them to all of us. So mm-hmm. we really enjoyed that. And I think you've posted a picture of it on Facebook. On my Facebook page? Yes. I will okay. have to do it on the Holiday Moons page. And on the, it will post it on Instagram as well so you can see what we're talking about. And we will make sure we like that up every time we're recording. That's right. We're on air. I just want to remind you on social media, you can find us at Holiday underscore Moons for Twitter. At Holiday Moons at Instagram, just one word, um, no underscore. On Facebook, you can find our Facebook group page at facebook.com slash holidaymoons. We have our website at randallmoon.wixsite.com slash holidaymoons. 1L and Randall. 1L and Randall. Yep, that often confuses people. And we also can be found via Gmail at holidaymoons at gmail.com. And we'd love to have your feedback about the show. We're always thinking of ways to make it more interesting and relevant for our listeners, as well as continue to do things that are fun and entertaining to us as well. So, for Randy, Cole, Sydney, and Beth, have a happy happy start start to your new year. year. Bye. Bye.